Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hitchcock. The Next Level Leadership Podcast exists with you in mind. It exists to raise you to your next level of leadership. We've got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be doing an interview with former Chief Operating Officer of Christian Brothers Automotive, Lou Tenhave. We'll be discussing the topic of legacy. So legacy in, in the life of a leader and bearing fruit in the middle of your legacy, how to build your legacy. We'll be talking about all of that and more in this exciting interview. So I can't wait to see you there. You do not want to miss this. Well, it is great to be with you once again, Josh, as always. It's great to be with you. We've got a great and exciting show today. Yeah, Josh. Hey, great to be on. Uh, exciting just like you mentioned, uh, really enjoyed this interview with Lou. I think he does a great job of talking about the importance of bearing fruit in an effort to ultimately leave that legacy that we talk about. It was a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. So let's get right to it. Lou, thanks for being here. Well, hey, thanks, Josh and Josh. Uh, it's my privilege, and uh, I truly do treat this as a privilege to be here. I'm just glad for the opportunity to share what uh, God's doing in my life and in my heart and what's been happening. And it's almost been three years since I retired. So it's been a long time and seeing we haven't had any conventions, haven't had a chance to catch up with everybody. So really looking forward to that. And uh, also in this intro, you said this kind of an exciting talk or something. I've never been referred to as exciting. So that, that's interesting. Josh. Well, Lou, now, now is your opportunity to prove that <laughs> how exciting you really are. <laughs> All right. We'll see what we can do with that, Josh. Great. The bar has been set high, and I think you'll hit it easily. So, Lou, just to, to dive into this, we'll, we'll just start off. I'm going to ask you to just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your journey to where you currently are at, and then we'll tie it back to legacy, because obviously we'll be talking about legacy, but let's just start off learning a little bit more about you for those that may not know who you are or your story or why, why are you where you're at today. Sure, thanks. Uh, I could go into long diatribes on this, but uh, grew up in southwest Michigan, an area that's all Dutch, and everybody that knows me knows I'm a proud Dutchman and all that goes with that, but uh, love sports, grew up in strong Christian home, went through a lot of death early in my life. My dad died, my sister died when I was in high school, had a brother that died previous to that from children's cancer, had a big impact on my life. But from early on, I would say that uh, knew had a relationship with God and knew that God was in control and uh, led me to all kinds of opportunities, but got into geology, ended up going to grad school, coming down to Houston and came, got into a church. <clears throat> when I got out of grad school with my wife, Cindy, we were in church with Mark Carr and became fast friends for many years, which led after a 20-year career with Marathon Oil and in oil and gas exploration through the relationship with Mark and a whole story of being called by God came to come to work for Christian Brothers. That's awesome. So you come to work for Christian Brothers and tell us a little more about what that journey looked like. What, where did you start off in Christian Brothers and, and then how did that evolve into an even higher leadership role? Well, Christian Brothers was, you know, just nothing like it is today. So there was only one other person working with Christian Brothers at the time I came on, uh, Rod Marcotte. So when I joined Mark, and, and that was a story, a, a God story in itself, how I even got here. But it was clear that God called me to come join Christian Brothers and be a part. So when we started off, Mark was uh, primarily uh, working with franchisees who were interested in a franchise with Christian Brothers. Mark would find the land 
to build a building. And what he would do is once he had bought the land, he turned it over to me. So I did all the permitting and got everything built. So we just played that role starting out. And although I was chief operating officer, when you have so few people, everybody just does whatever needs to be done. So you you kind of gravitate to a whole lot of areas. But I also like the numbers that were coming in. So early on, when all the sales numbers started coming in, compiled that and started doing a whole lot more with the operational side too, but had to do this other construction stuff that really wasn't my forte, but had to be done by somebody. So everybody, you had to do what needed to be done. It's interesting. That's oftentimes when visions begin, right? When, when you're establishing a legacy, because we'll be talking about legacy today, but we often think of legacy as, you know, kind of the end of our journey, you know, how did we leave a certain area, a certain people, a certain place? But really, you're taking time to establish that legacy early on, like you're talking about at the early on, when you're having to do everything, when you're serving those around you, with or without the, the title, the spotlight, etc. But you're doing it with a humble heart, a gracious attitude, and you're leading where you're at. That's the bedrock for an effective legacy down the road. Absolutely. And, and I'd say, you know, it was God that brought me here. I didn't, you know, probably from a secular perspective of leaving, I was well positioned within Marathon Oil Company. I'd been on the president's staff. I'd been on the vice president's staff. I'd been high up. I'd been management almost my whole career and had risen up very quickly. And, and when I came to Christian Brothers, first of all, I give credit to my wife, Cindy, for letting me even come when I when it was God probably calling me here that I wasn't totally in line with. But it, it was such an amazing thing to get here and then just start, you know, getting 100% into what's this all about, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I knew Mark Carr as a friend prior to coming here. But when I actually started working with Mark, it was totally different than anything I had ever expected. And, and so then you just, God's given you the gifts and abilities you have, and you just start applying them in a way that he would. And that's what we started off doing, just trying to do this well. What was this vision that Mark had been given by God? I love that. I love when you're talking about the vision and, and establishing a legacy. I'll ask you, what does the word legacy mean to you? I mean, we can talk about it in grand, grandiose terms, but in Lou Tenhave's definition, in, in his dictionary, what does the word legacy mean to you? That's a good question, Josh, because I wasn't sure exactly what it was. But, it, you know, it is something passed on in is, uh, you know, from an elder or something like that. I, I think early on for a legacy for me, I had a grandfather who I had never met, but my mother and her siblings spoke of this grandfather as such a man of God that it became a legacy to me of something I wanted to be was to be a man of God. And so it's something handed down. So when I was asked to talk about legacy with Christian brothers, I'm not going to get totally off this subject, but I actually asked a friend who is dying that that I spend time with what he would think about legacy and define it. And he said, I would rather talk about fruit rather than speak about legacy. So where I'm going to kind of hijack this conversation as we move on a little bit is speaking about bearing fruit. But legacy is something passed on. So I think it's something productive that you do with your life that stays. Another thing I looked at is there's a book called The Four Priorities. And out of that, uh, it was mentioned early on, uh, Gravestone Marker has your name and has two dates with a dash in between. So between that date you're born and the date you die 
is what that dash stands for and what do we want that dash to stand for in our lives is something to think about. So when we're going to talk about legacy, it's, it's kind of like what, what is not burned up as, as wheat in straw, but what lasts? So Lou, what you're describing is the importance of bearing fruit in an effort to have a meaningful dash in between those dates. Um, you know, it, it, it can be difficult in today's society, in today's world, in the culture that we're around to not be swayed, to not be influenced in a negative way. What are some ways that we can bear fruit in an environment which is challenging to say the least? Well, I think that is it. We are all in these tough situations. That's what we're called to be. So we're called to be in the world, not of the world. So how do you do that? Kind of what I want to call that is is to have a faithful presence. As believers, we're called to have that faithful presence because too often, I know myself included, is so impacted by our culture. Our culture has all these things going on. We're so politically divided. We're pulled into that. We're so much consumerism driven. Uh, We as believers equally are pulled into these cultural influences that so dilutes our impact on the world because we're caught up in the things of the world, which is the exact opposite of God wants, wants us to be. But yet we're called to be in this world. So that's where the rubber meets the road in what I really want to talk about, Josh, is so how, how do we do that? And how do we bear the, this fruit in this environment? Because when it was here at Christian Brothers, you are somewhat, we are amongst fellow believers, and that's changing as we're getting bigger. There's plenty of people here who are, may not be believers, but majority of our culture is made up of believers. And yet we can have impact both here and also I speak of our franchisees and the people on the front lines that are so well positioned to have an unbelievable impact on the world because they're brought into relationships daily with people who need a relationship with Christ, including their customers, their employees, goes on and on. And so just being sensitive and aware of that to be ready to be used is what I want to talk about. Lou, I love that. I think it's important to note that, you know, one of the, I mean, even in in Christian Brothers' mission statement is to glorify God by providing ethical and excellent automotive repair service for our guests. And so, you know, we are positioned in a way where we have the ability to impact people on a much deeper level than automotive repair. And we can show them who Christ is in a world that doesn't know Christ. So it's easy to let change affect, affect us rather than us affecting change. So what are ways that we can affect change in our everyday life? I'd say it starts with, let me just read you a passage. So if we're talking about bearing fruit, let's go to John 15, where it talks about bearing fruit, where Jesus is talking. And he says, I'm the true vine. My father is a gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, Josh, when you say, how, how can we do this? How can we bear much fruit? Well, I mean, number one, we, we have to look at that there's nothing good 
we do on our own power. We are men of sin in flesh. There is no question about that, that, that we can do nothing in our own power. So it says you have to be in the vine, the vine being Christ. You have to be within his power. So what we need to go to next is, is what does that mean? And what does that entail? Because I know that the only way that I'm going to do good in this world is to be led by his spirit in me. And and that's what I'd like to talk about. I think that's great, Lou. I think in that passage, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I think remain in me is the key part to that. You know, uh, I think too often we get in a position where we're struggling or we're facing some challenges and we're, we're going through difficult times in this world. And we can ask the question of, is God our, essentially our first option or our last resort? A lot of times, if we are not remaining in him, we start seeking him when things get really bad, Yeah. right? I mean, for, for lack of better terms, rather, if we remain in him, I think our world will look a little, little bit different. Just speaking to that, Josh, you know, when when I would deal with franchisees is, is just a little bit along that line as we we're training them and everything else. I would, one of the things I would say was you've paid us a lot of money to draw closer to God because invariably to start a business to start a franchise, even though we have great processes, everything else, it's hard. And it's not just going to happen without a lot of this. And oftentimes it was very difficult. And our franchisees certainly were drawing close to God to help them get through. And I said, what we have to remember is that a few years from now, when you're successful, is conversely to keep that same mentality that it's still a gift of God that it's not your power that has done these things. And so it's just like a, a rich man getting into heaven. It's easier to pass through an eye, uh, you know, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, is that it's not us, it's not our power that does these things. We've been blessed. We've been given these uh, gifts and abilities. That's good. And we need to use them. So what are some steps you believe that we can take to ensure that we're leaving and have left a great legacy? So looking back on your life and the legacy you left, whether it was with Christian brothers or with your family that you're currently leaving and so forth. What are some steps that you took to ensure that you were bearing fruit? You know, I don't know that I was consciously aware of it, but what I do think we have to do in what I did subconsciously, only through maybe God's power to do this. But when when we talk about remaining in the vine and, and how do you do that, I think it doesn't just happen. You just can't snap your fingers and say, God, I'm ready to bear fruit. Make that happen in my life. Or I'm just going to bear fruit. I'm just going to do some of these things by conscious effort. What I think we have to do is to remain in him and to be in the vine, we have to be in the word of God. We need to be reading our Bibles daily. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in meditation so that we can give God a chance to speak to us and be sensitive to how he is leading. So when I was at Christian Brothers going through various trials or things that we were going through, It was trying to be sensitive to what does God want us to do? What is he speaking to this? And I heard Mark say many times when he was having a tough time with a customer, he'd look back in at his chair in the office and and see Jesus sitting there and kind of say, what would he want to be done? But I think to, to know what God wants us to do in our lives, we have to be giving ourselves a chance 
to hear in hear God speaking to us through his Holy Spirit, which will happen when we're in the word and we're doing these things that I would call spiritual discipline. So I think, you know, the New Testament, Paul calls for us, you know, many times about growing in our maturity to a mature man you know, through the spirit in these various things. And when we run a race to run to win, not to just run the race, but to be involved in these things through his power. And I think we just need to be sensitive to what the spirit wants us to do and then be doing it. So Josh, I need to come back to your question about what, what did I do to ensure that? I would just say, in all the things that I try to do today, as well as I, I've tried to do my whole career, is to be sensitive to trying to be a man of God and, and being in the Word and to be sensitive to what would He want us to do in all these situations. Many situations that were painful, that were not fun and easy, but yet what, what would God have us do? I mean, we had many conflicts that I... When I do training, would go through the the many conflicts that Christian brothers went through, that were attacks on because we know that Satan wants to undermine any time, any place, anything is going good, and that he is our true enemy in this world, and the Satan is alive and well, and uh, many reasons to, that I can go through to to tell you that. But but we are fighting against those type of powers, so we're up against Satan. We're not a, up against anything else. We need to be prepared for that. Lou, speaking to the sensitivity of listening to to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to guide you and guide the decisions that you're making. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to the greatest single decision that you've ever made? Well, I'm sure it's uh, become a follower of Christ, but that happened to me at a very early age. So there are many, many other things that I would say were important things that, you know, at the time you didn't know how impactful it was, but I would say certainly to be put together with uh, Cindy as my spouse, uh, to be equally yoked with somebody was probably one of the most important decisions that has impacted me. But I would say there, there's so many things along the way that God led me into doing certain things that was just being sensitive to, although I didn't know that it was straight of God, you know, I think God puts on your heart enough, you know, situations with people who to witness to, you know, he'll lay on your heart a neighbor or, or somebody else in your life that you say, I need to share with. And it just doesn't go away. And it's being sensitive to that leading that you need to share what you know, even though you say, I may not know the gospel really well or how to share really well, but to be sensitive to just share what you know. And I think God put me in so many situations that the greatest decision I made was just being willing to say yes and to step out in what I could do. It was impactful. Just trying to be willing to be used in a way that God would want to use me is probably the greatest decision. And and really what I want to get across to all our listeners is what does God want for each of you? What does he want for me? And us to be sensitive because when we're in this culture and there's so many negative things going on around us, there's so many guidelines for us in Paul's epistles and stuff and how to live and how to, how to be a part of the world in, in the right way and to be impactful as believers. And when we as Christians don't know the word of God, 
don't know his truth. We can't share that with the truth and be the light that he wants us to be. So my call is to, uh, to all of my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is, is to be in the word and to be sensitive so that you can be used the way that he wants you to. He just had me have a role at Christian Brothers was so part of the role that he wanted in my life. It's just one part. But just being willing to be a part and then to have impact on the other people that work here that, that I worked with, the franchisees, the all the workers, you know, that that God gave me the the opportunity to be with is just part of it. That's fascinating hearing that story and, and where you started and, and then where where you're at now and the legacy you've left. What would you tell those in the audience that are at the beginning of stage of their career? Right? They're at the early part of their life. They're at, they're at that, that beginning point. What, what would you advise them? What would you say, if I could go back to the younger version of myself, this is the advice I would have given me? I think always just uh, do the best. You know, number one, you, you just do the best you can wherever you are. Wherever God has put you, I mean, I think that's part of Christian Brothers' legacy that I, that I have had here is the book Good to Great and the whole process of Good to Great. And I think we as believers aren't called to just be good. You know, I think God wants us to use all our gifts to the fullest. So when you start your career, wherever that is, it's to be the best at whatever position you are given and to do the most with it. And then to think outside of, okay, that may be just a secular uh, job and secular responsibilities. But on top of that, what else? How do I interact with my coworkers? You know, in, in my relationships with them, and are they pure? Because you want to get up the ladder. You know, our typical thing is, I want to achieve. I want that. That was part of me. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to become president of the you know marathon oil. I wanted to always keep going up and up and up. But it's like do the best you can in whatever position he's given you, and use the sphere of influence in wherever you are for his glory, and try to put you know, stuff the, the part of the flesh that just wants all these things for what I want, I want, I want. It's easy to get so <clears throat> caught up in what we want and what could be and future opportunities. But if we're mindful of watering the grass where we're at and, and, and not looking here and there constantly, but really watering the grass where we're at and doing the best that we can every day, uh, I think God's going to take care of us just fine. You know, there, there's two things that we can control every single day. That's our attitude and our effort. And you spoke to the effort uh, we can choose to have a good attitude, even in even in negative situations. We can have a, a good attitude about things, and when we do that, we have a good attitude. We have we're putting forth maximum effort, and we're watering the grass where we're at. That's a recipe for success, for sure, Josh. And again, I've given people so many examples of of God taking care of me in my career, but. Um, I had, I had an example where I, w- I needed to be promoted, thought I deserved it. This is not Christian Brothers, but in the oil company, and, and thought it should happen. I was promised a position after a certain period of time. It didn't happen uh, when the period of time was up. It should have happened. I told Cindy, I really need to talk to uh, the big boss about what I deserve, what I uh, need. Uh, what they had promised me. And then I became very convicted of all others' examples of my life where God had been in control and take care of me. Why did I now think that I need to take things into my own hands? And I said, I'm not going to talk to anybody about this. I'm going to leave it in God's hands. And I went in the next day to work, and my boss comes in and says, Lou, you've been promoted, and 
and all these other things. You know, it's God affirming to me, I've always been in control, always will be in control. It's in my hands. Uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're secure. You know, when I was working for the oil company, went overseas to Tunisia as the exploration manager. And so it, it's being used where you are. And so you're trying to do your job, secular job, but we're in a Muslim country where missionaries are not allowed. And so you can't be proselytizing. And so it became very clear to me, meeting with the missionaries who were trying to stay in country and have other jobs so they could be there to be a witness, that I was put in a position of authority, that I interacted with government leaders, as well as I had 25 uh, local Tunisians working for me and, and the other expatriates that were working for me that God put me in that position to be a witness before them, that I was so much better positioned to be a witness to the, to, to the people of Tunisia than these missionaries were who were trying to get a job, to try and stay there, to try and build relationships. I was given built-in relationships that I could be an example as much as I could. And I wish that I'd use that platform way more than I did, especially with the leaders, the government leaders who I interacted with to be that kind of witness. But it's just like you're put in positions. God's putting all of us in positions, and there's so much more than just doing the job that he wants us to be about. Being planted where you're at, flourishing where you're at, and being a light. Over time, you'll be able to establish an excellent legacy. Lou Tenhave, we have enjoyed having you today. It was a privilege and an honor to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Look forward to it. It was great. What a great interview that was, Josh. Really enjoyed having Lou here. You know, he talked about the importance of bearing fruit and remaining in him so that ultimately we can leave a legacy. I, I really really enjoyed this episode. Absolutely. It was great. And I, I'm sure everybody's walking away with several takeaways that we can apply in our everyday life. So without further ado, as always, I want to leave you with these encouraging words from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. It says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Inheritance is another word for legacy. So, so may we all leave legacies that surpass generation after generation. Until next time, I'm Josh Hitchcock reminding you to keep leading well.